0: We have a growing online church community that's thriving. I encourage you right now to share on your Facebook wall because that simple act can really encourage and transform somebody's life. Right now, people need to know the way of Jesus and fall in love with Jesus. And we love to teach biblically who Jesus is in practical, relevant ways for all people. I was about 20 years old when I started uh, dating this girl named Janelle and I was new to following Jesus and learning how to like date with purpose. About three months into the relationship, Janelle calls me up and says, Jesse, we need to talk. I didn't even fully understand what was coming But she sat me down and she said, Jesse, I don't feel like you're treating me any differently than the rest of your friends. I don't feel like you're treating me special and we need to break up. Man, rejection hurts and the potential to be rejected and to reject other people these days is just growing. 15 years ago, rejection was really limited to my social sphere of people that I was in immediate relationship with. But these days with social media and with dating apps and with text messaging, we're literally connected to thousands of people who are commenting and posting, rejecting and hurtful things. There's the small rejections, but then there's the bigger rejections. You know, a spouse leaves you. You get fired from a job. Maybe for you, getting defriended on social media feels like a big rejection. Maybe you've got been cut off from your family or really excluded from a church in the past. The pain of rejection can go deep down into our hearts. These days it's just too easy to simply reject somebody because we don't agree with them. We hurl accusations instead of building bridges to reconciliation. You know, people reject people because they're wearing their mask or not wearing their mask instead of understanding why that person is doing what they're doing. With the presidential election, coming down the pipeline. It's so easy to just simply dismiss and reject the other person on the other side of the aisle. The division, the anger, the hate, it's festering and growing and it can have devastating results. And as followers of Jesus, we need to have a different way. It must be the way of radical acceptance. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the church in Rome this, this letter is known to be one of the greatest systematic uh, letters of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it's also a letter of Paul trying to bring together these segregated groups, ethnic groups of people, the Jews and the Gentiles, into one community, into one people. You may be familiar with some of the, the divisions among the people that there was the circumcision issue. There was the food and dietary issue, but another issue that kept them from being one community was uh, the sexual ethic of the day. You see, in the Roman world, it was normal for married men to have procreational sexual activities with their spouse, but to have recreational relationships outside was totally normal with temple prostitutes. They were all over the Roman world with slaves, There was inscriptions up on the walls and domination was a part of the ethic, the norm within that time and space. Compare that to the Jewish world that was marked by generations of restriction and rules and fidelity. You see, Paul is on a mission to bring these two very different groups. Can you imagine the kind of clothing that they wore? The kind of lifestyle that these two groups lived and bringing them together into one community. And so Paul says in Romans 15, 7, he says, Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. This word welcomed in the Greek language which the New Testament was originally written in is the Greek word proslambano. It means to accept someone into your presence or into your home. What does it mean that Christ has accepted you? It means that he has welcomed you maybe when you didn't even deserve it, and not only once, but Christ welcomes you time and time again. Imagine if the opposite was true, that it said that Christ rejects you. How devastating that would be. Thankfully, that is not true. You see, the foundation of accepting other people is that Christ has done it for me, and he's done it for you. Acceptance begins with God. You see, we can't look to political leaders or professors, or researchers, or news anchors to understand what acceptance is. We can't look to those people. Justice, reconciliation, unity, love, and acceptance pours out from the heart of God. You see, we have to look to God. And it says that God has done it for you. And so that you need to do it for other people. You see, this is a Christian axiom, a Christian truth that we find over and over again. That we are to forgive others as God has forgiven you. That you are to serve others because God has served you. That, that we are called to accept one another because He has accepted us. Accepting another person can be one of the most powerful acts of love that you can do for another person, because it creates this unity, this oneness, this coming together. So what does that look like practically? How does that live itself out to accept one another? Last week, Scott preached an awesome message on openness and defined being open as the ability to invite other people into your presence and treat them in such a way that makes them feel safe. Today, our definition of, ex- of acceptance is the ability to communicate respect and dignity of another person because they are made in the image of God. You see, the content for this series comes from the leadership training program that we have here at Grace Church about how to have cross-cultural competency. It's how we train our teams of people that go overseas and enter into other, into other, uh, other countries. Part of the key in these definitions is that it's an ability. It's a skill. It's something that is learned and then you put it into practice. It's a little bit like learning to surf. You don't just drop in on a wave, it takes practice. You don't just sit down at a piano and just start playing. These are skills that need to be put into practice in order for them to to live themselves out. I've been able to practice these skills of cross-cultural competency in Haiti in Thailand and Guatemala with Scott and teams from Grace Church. And, and before Grace, I went to Africa four times in Peru and Mexico, all over the world, being able to put these skills into practice. I spent six weeks as a college student in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, eating Angera and Durawat, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for six weeks and and living amongst and living with the urban poor, one of the poorest urban centers. You see, these skills are best learned in these challenging, disorienting, relational circumstances, which we find ourselves in today. And so the pastoral team felt like teaching you these skills would be so helpful for us today as a church and in our city. See, God, the church is God's world-changing community of unlikely people coming together, sharing our lives together to become a new kind of family. You see, we are meant to show the world what love and justice and reconciliation and unity and acceptance looks like, that God is the designer of it and only, it's only possible with and because of God you see the church, you and me, us, we are meant to be a demonstration of what God can do. We are meant to be the a beacon of hope in a world that is so broken and fragmented and dark. So how do we practically accept one another? I want to give you two practical ways that come from the life of Jesus. And in this moment, I want you to imagine, I want you to put yourself in the shoes of this man named Bartimaeus, this blind man. In Mark chapter 10, verse 46, it says, As Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. Can you picture it? Do you picture this huge crowd of people? I picture like a parade with Jesus kind of like at the front of it. And, and there's all of these people, this huge crowd. And really it's the strongest that, and the, the most capable that are able to get closest to Jesus. It's the sick and the, the handicapped and the crippled that are just kind of in the margins trying to get a glimpse of Jesus. And then there's this man A blind man, Bartimaeus, who's just sitting on the corner begging for money, that doesn't even have a chance to get near to Jesus. But you know, Jesus' reputation has gotten out. Bartimaeus has heard about Jesus and and he's heard that Jesus heals people like him and forgives people like him. And accepts people like him. And so what does Bartimaeus do? He can't see Jesus, but he starts crying out, Jesus, son of David. And this, this, this phrase, son of David, is, is a messianic term. You see, prophecy from hundreds of years prior said that the Messiah, the one who God would send to save the world, was going to come from the line of David. And so he's crying out, he's saying, you are the Messiah, have mercy on me. He believes that Jesus would help him. But you see the crowds and these people are rebuking him, this harsh disapproval. What are you thinking? Jesus doesn't have time for you. Your voice doesn't matter. You need to just be quiet, sit down. But I love in verse 48, it says that he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, go call him. And they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up. He is calling you, and throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. I love this man, Bartimaeus. You see, he will not be quiet. He knows that his voice needs to be heard. He knows that God loves him. He shouts all the more, regardless of what other people think of him. And suddenly, the whole parade stops and I imagine like quietness just kind of echoes out throughout the crowds, and Jesus calls for Bartimaeus to come. And those hands of people that were qui- that were pushing him down are now creating this pathway for him to come to Jesus. And let's learn from Jesus how we can be accepting of people. You see, Jesus interrupts his plans. He was going from Jericho to somewhere else, but he stops and he notices, and he prioritizes this man, and he asks Bartimaeus to come near to him. The first way to accept people is to be present to them. The first way to accept people is to be present to them. From our definition from earlier, it's the ability to communicate dignity and respect to to people because they are an image bearer of God. Now, Being present may seem like a passive quality, but it is not. For Jesus, being present to Bartimaeus is an incredibly active, intentional moment that he is having. It's the ability to drown out the the noise of the crowds to hear this man crying out. It's it's the moment you put down your phone and and turn off social media or turn off the news and and simply look into another person's eyes and, and notice them and say, you matter to me. It is... Not about our words. It's about our actions. It's about the attitude that we have for each other, the facial expressions, the the way we can attune in to uh, each other. You see, the first step to accept someone is to show acceptance by making a person feel like you value them and they have dignity. This means not looking at their externals, They may not believe the same things you believe. It means that it doesn't matter what their past is or what their current lifestyle is. It is easy to hate somebody from a distance. But when you draw near to someone and are present to them and you get to know them, man, it changes you. And I promise you, if I can use that strong of language, that if you become present to people who are different from you and you begin to pay attention and accept them, you will notice that your heart will begin to fill with more and more love. You will notice that your heart will become more and more like the heart of Jesus to accept people. Again, being present, it's a skill, it is an intentional act that as you practice it and put it into practice, It becomes a part of your character. The story goes on in verse 51. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed Jesus on his way. In this moment, Bartimaeus is now face to face with Jesus. The crowd is silent and Jesus asks him this beautiful question. Bartimaeus, what would you like me to do for you? I imagine Bartimaeus is just overwhelmed. Probably cannot even imagine how to answer this question. Jesus, you are the Messiah. You are a rabbi. You're this great man and you care about what I want. You're asking what, no one has cared about what I want. It's such an empowering moment. It's this public moment of giving Bartimaeus a voice. It's saying, man, Bartimaeus, you are worthy to have heart desires, to have what you want, and not only to have what you want, but for it to be given to you. You see, what this is, is advocacy. The second way to accept people is to advocate for them. Everybody wants to be advocated for, to be publicly supported in the community that you find yourself in. The next step beyond being just present is to empower that person, to get their back and to to support them, to empower them. You see, this is the next step beyond just simply recognizing the dignity of the person, but to champion that person. In missiology, which is a uh, class you take in seminary—it's kind of a theological term, missiology—but it, it simply means the mission of the church in the world. And, and as you learn the, the skills of missiology, you, you understand that to enter into another people group, whether that's across the world or that's crossing the aisle into another political party or someone and, and entering into that world, we're trained not to co- not into colonization, but into incarnation. You see, colonization is to, to step into another world and to try and take over that world. It's to try and erase the way of life of the people. It's to try and to make them to become like me. And that is called ethnocentrism, which we are trained to, to not do. But what we are trained in missiology is, is to take on incarnational ministry which means you learn the heart language of the people that you're coming into. It, it means that you're learning the values, the God-given values that were placed in this people group that you are coming into. You see, this is what Jesus has done. This is what Jesus did for us. He, he came to earth as a son of man. He took on a body, took on flesh. That's what incarnation means and, and, and became like us, moved into our neighborhood to, to value us and to champion us. You see, we're trained to notice how God is already present before I even get there in the people group that I'm coming into, and then to, to learn their heart language, to learn the values that God has put in them, and then to advocate with them for the needs that they have. If you want someone to feel accepted, the first, don't come in trying to change them. That won't work. What you need to do is to start by being present to them and then begin to advocate their God-given dignity and worth. It's important to clarify that acceptance doesn't necessarily mean agreement. I'll say it again. Acceptance doesn't mean agreement. It means that we accept who they are but not necessarily the decisions and the lifestyle and the choices that we're making. Those those can happen at the same time. It means to radically accept all people but at the same time to, to call people to take personal responsibility for their actions. Those two things can cohabitate at the same time. If someone needs to change... Let Jesus change them in His time and in His way. You see, behavior, it's not really about changing someone's behavior, it's about changing someone's heart. And you and I, we can't do that. That is the work of God. And so you can take the pressure off of yourself to feel like you need to change somebody and instead put your energy into entering into other people's worlds and to accept them. The cool thing is that this takes the pressure off of you to feel like you need to change anybody. Instead, you can start putting your energy and your efforts to simply accepting the people that God has brought into your life. Now, I totally get that this requires discernment because I will not affirm something that is not biblically true. I will not agree you know agree with something that is not a part of the values of what Jesus is embodying on the earth. You see we brand our opinions and confuse them with what God's truth is or we'll take our interpretation of what scripture is and place it as God's truth. And you see here's part of the problem is that the Bible is not a western book. Jesus is not a republican, he is not a democrat. You see, Jesus will disrupt and affirm all people of all walks of life. And so I challenge you to read through the Gospels, to read through the stories of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and take on this lens of how Jesus wants to speak to you and challenge you to be an accepting person of all people. Do you have the ability to accept the goodness of God even potential enemies? Jesus did. Do you have the ability to communicate value and respect to people by reaching into their heart and demonstrating to them that you love them? Jesus did this. If you want God to use you to bring change, the first thing you need to do is to be present to them and to advocate for them. And then perhaps God will use you to bring change to other people's lives. This concept has so much application. Parents... This is so true when it comes to your kids and my kids. I want just to change their behavior and I'm skipping this the fact that I need to accept them and affirm them and, and embrace them first. This applies to our friendships and to our coworkers and to our family members and all people that are different from you. You see, today the goal is for God to, to change you and me, to be the embodiment, to live out this Amazing, beautiful acceptance of Jesus. The ability to communicate respect and dignity to another person based on them being an image bearer of God. I I want you to reflect right now on who those people are in your life. Who are they? That you imagine that God is speaking to you. I want you to affirm their value and their dignity and respect them. And communicate that to them by being present to them by advocating for them what who who comes to mind i encourage you to to right now to write them down and, and to begin to pray for them and maybe reach out to them this week if you notice that jesus said to bartimaeus it is your faith your faith that has made you well what did bartimaeus faith look like number one He understood that Jesus was the Messiah. He understood that Jesus was the one who came to to save him, to forgive him. You see, Jesus came to earth as the Son of God and took on a body, died on a cross and rose from the dead so that your sin and my sin can be forgiven. You see, this is the first step. Our sin needs to be forgiven by God and that is a gift of God and the only way that we can receive that gift is by simply believing, having faith in the work of Jesus. Our sin needs to be forgiven. But for Bartimaeus, his faith was not only believing in who Jesus was, but the passage ends, if you noticed, that Bartimaeus began to follow Jesus. You see, Jesus became not only the savior of Bartimaeus, but the leader of his life, and he began to follow. And if, and if today you want to place your faith in Jesus and to say, Jesus, today I want to follow you as the leader of my life. Why don't you join me in praying and you can pray this this prayer to Jesus right now. You can say, Jesus, I come to you like Bartimaeus. I come to you just crying out with my arms wide open, screaming out, Jesus, have mercy on me. I have not followed you i i I need you to forgive me jesus i i recognize that you are you are god you are lord and savior and and i want to to know you and to love you and i want i just believe that you welcome me that you died for me and if it is true jesus that you want to give me the gift of grace your grace to be forgiven by you of all that I have or will ever do. Jesus, I I receive that right now. I thank you for that right now. I believe you, Jesus. And Jesus, I, I want to follow you. I want my days, the rest of my days to be marked by being a follower of you, Jesus. I declare right now that you are the leader of my life, that I want to know your ways and fall in love with your ways and I'm gonna discover more of who you are in the Gospels, and Jesus, put a hunger in my heart for more and more of you. Thank you, Jesus, that you accept me and that you love me. And for those who are followers of Jesus and you're just feeling God speak into your heart and just bring this this beautiful conviction and maybe even mourning into your heart that, man, I I reject people. Jesus, I am so sorry that I have not accepted people in my family or in my, my coworkers or the people in my, my neighbors or in my world, God. I, I, I've been so quick to reject people, God, and I am so sorry for that. And Jesus, I ask that you would do a work in me. I confess I cannot do it on my own, but God, may, may your spirit that is living inside of me just change me, help me to put these skills into practice. May I have the ability to be an accepting person to affirm the dignity and to respect people because they are made in the image of God. That is what I want to be like you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.